The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What's up, everybody? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Brace for Impact podcast. Better bundle up because we're going up north. You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 147 of the Fretzelmania podcast. I am the North American treasure, your second favorite Canadian. Mr. Fretz. Today, on this very special Valentine's Day episode of the podcast, we have Monday Night Raw from February 14th, 2000. We are on the road to No Way Out to Triple H versus Cactus Jack, Hell in the Cell, title versus career. Coming next week on the podcast feed with a very special guest. But first, I am grabbing my remote control to see what else is going on in the wacky world of pro wrestling. Where's my remote control? Asks Age of Electric. Shout out if you remember that particular one-hit wonder. We had Monday Nitro, Uniondale, New York, Nassau Coliseum on the very same night. Lenny Lane and Screamin' Norman Smiley beat three count in a two-on-three handicap match. Tank Abbott beat WCW Saturday Night Stalwart Rick Fuller by knockout in 30 seconds. La Parka and the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea, accompanied by Paisley, Queen Charmel, beat Billy Kidman and Vampiro, accompanied by Tori Wilson. Rhonda Singh, the artist formerly known as Bertha Fay, owner of the greatest women's entrance theme of all time, shout out Harvey Wilpelman, defeated Mona, the future Molly Holly, with special guest referee Oklahoma. Friggin' Ed Ferrara. Uh-uh. Terry Funk beat the total package by DQ. The Mamaluke, accompanied by Disco Inferno, retained the Tag Team Championship over Crowbar and David Flair and Harlem Heat 2000. <laughs> that is Big T Ahmed Johnson, who now has the ownership of the letter T, like it's fucking Sesame Street, and Stevie Ray, accompanied by Jay Biggs, who is the artist formerly known as Clarence Mason. WWE's answer to Johnny Cochran. Yeah, a three-way dance. Retain the tag team championship here. Nonsense match. We had Bam Bam Bigelow defeating the wall, brother, to retain the hardcore championship. The American Nightmare Dustin Rhodes, that was his name back then. Sorry, Cody. 
hashtag we aren't Rocky, beat Canyon. Booker, without the letter T, defeated the Demon. Yes, the Kiss Demon, Dave Tolborg, still running amok. Hulk Hogan beat Ric Flair by disqualification because jobbing to Ric Flair doesn't work for me, brother, brother. And in the main event, Jeff Jarrett beat Sid Vicious to retain the United States Championship. Now I'm seeing some pictures here from Monday Nitro, thanks to ProWrestling.Fandom.com wiki. Uh, Miss Hancock was involved in this ma- in this event. Uh, Kevin Nash was nursing his leg injury, I believe, at the hands of Mike Awesome, coming out with uh, you know the two hot nurses who I think were adult film stars. Yeah, um, God love you, Mance. Just, man, I'm sorry you had to go through this, and even reading this is a chore. I don't think I could bear to review it. If you want me to review it, then uh, let's get some more people on our Patreon, and I'll consider it. Meanwhile, on SmackDown, a couple of days after this particular Raw, was in Fresno, California at the Celland Arena. We had Kane versus Triple H in a WWE Championship match ended in a no contest. China defeated European Champion Kurt Angle by disqualification in a title match, and thus Kurt Angle retains. Taz beat Gangrel by submission in just over a minute. Cactus Jack fought X-Pac in a no false count anywhere hardcore match in a no contest. How do you do a false count anywhere hardcore match into a no contest? How? The Radicals, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn, defeated Too Cool. Edge and Christian defeated Albert and the Big Boss Man, and I believe that is the disillusion of that particular tag team as Bull Buchanan would soon be making his debut in the company. Let's go. Mark Henry beat the Holly Cousins in a no-DQ handicap match, and in the main event, The Rock and The Big Show, no way out opponents tagging against each other. Thanks, McMahon-Helmsy faction. Beat the New Age Outlaws. I mean, no, wrestled the New Age Outlaws to a no contest because Schmaz and interference. We had other segments in this show featuring all members of Degeneration X walking off the newly minted and debuting DX Express. The Outlaws were cutting a promo on facing the Dudley Boys, X-Pot cut one on facing Kane, and Triple H, of course, talking about Cactus Jack. As a way to kind of amend amend the tension between himself and X-Pac, Triple H offered to face Kane later in the show, and then X-Pac said he would only be impressed if the title was on the line. And then X-Pac said he would face Cactus Jack later in the show. Uh, Triple H reminded X-Pac of Cactus knocking an injured Tory off the apron on Raw, and Triple H said that he would only be impressed if X-Pac faced Cactus in a false count anywhere match. So we're kind of seeing tension or 
more than likely a deck measuring contest here between X-Pac and Trips. You know, the backstage segment here with the Hollies, uh, Bob was making comments about Mae Young. That led into their match later in the show. And Mark Henry, he paid the APA to look after May. So, yep, it's been a couple of weeks now, and the Acolyte Protection Agency is making all that money. And now, finally, Monday Night Raw, Valentine's Day. 2000. The Radicals and D-Generation X are cutting a promo in the ring. Tori is in a neck, neck brace selling something that happened to her uh, earlier last week. The asshole chants are immediate. They're almost Pavlovian to the crowd. It's like on NXT last night where NXT crowd just immediately went, went F you mellow and you're not him. Uh, yes, he is. By the way, you're just mad that he whooped that trick. But I also can't wait for Trick to whoop his ass. <laughs> so Steph is like, listen up. All you shut up and watch this. On SmackDown last week, Corey gets tombstoned by Kane. She's like, look at this poor defenseless woman. It was you that made Kane react the way that you did. And Triple H says, if it's suffering you want, it's suffering you get. Because I think that we have gone too easy on you. On who? Fans? Or the locker room? Or both, as we're going to find out as we go on here. And he says it starts with too cool. Grandmaster Sexay is going to take on Road Dog. Wow. Ooh, scary. And Scotty Too Hottie is going to take on Mr. Ass Billy Gunn. Speaking of ass, Saturn and Malenko. Harsh? He's going to take on the biggest ass in the WWE, Rikishi. You could have led with that, Trips. That may have been a very very subtle dig at your so-called friends there, but I think you just cut that out of order. Rude. And finally, on to the rock. Tonight, you're going to take on the crippler, Chris Benoit. And Kane, I haven't forgotten about you, you're going to take on me and a partner of my choosing in a handicap match. We won't see who that is until later in the show. Triple H then books X-Pac versus Kane at No Way Out. He calls Kane a handicap. You know, not only are you in a handicap match, you're, you get it. Just pretty bad stuff. Uh, King uses the R word, which no, absolutely not. No. And then The Rock comes out to finish his story and brawl with yes. Hashtag we want Rocky. <laughs> Our opening contest is a triple threat match to determine the number one contenders for the tag team championships at No Way Out. We have Edge versus Reverend Devon versus Matt Hardy version 0.5. 
or point five uh, on SmackDown, BB got wood. And Bubba Ray, of course, went in to a euphoric trance. We see highlights of more of Bubba Ray Dudley's victims. We see Terry getting super bombed through a table in which Bubba Ray Dudley took all of that bump on his ass and put Terry down as gently as he could. We see all the bits where, you know, Edge gets powerbombed through Christian through a table. And I think the same thing happened to the Hardy Boys as well. So we have a really good three-way tag team feud. That's it's just kicking off, folks. We we go full circle a year from now, leading into WrestleMania X7, one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time, of course. And we see where this tag team feud goes. It's getting underway here, and it's all ready hot. Immediately, Edge and Jeff double-team Bubba, trying to extract a little bit of revenge, hitting a flapjack, hitting the assisted corner wheel kick Jeff Hardy spot. Poetry in motion, that's what it's called. I almost called it Whisper in the Wind, but that's something else. Bubba Ray is still yelling at JR from ringside because he knows that JR is admonishing him on commentary based on his uh, past and current violence against the women and men on the roster. Bubba Ray interferes. Matt and Christian get a double suplex on the floor onto Bubba. Jeff with a really sloppy twist of fate. He hits the swanton and Edge stops Jeff. Devon then finally lands the saving grace on Edge after Edge spears Jeff. The reverse suplex kind of curtain call kind of move. Devon wins and the Dudley boys are going to no way out. Oh, my brother, testify. Meanwhile, at not the SmackDown Hotel, Mark Henry and Mae Young are checking into a honeymoon suite. Ah, how romantic. For Valentine's Day, man, sexual chocolate really knows how to charm the pants off the ladies. Next up, we got the Road Dog versus Grand Master Sexy, and I smell a ruse. I smell shenanigans. I swear I'm going to pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the wall and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? But no, this is a fairly standard restaurant quality one-on-one -on -one match where the road dog is mocking Grandmaster's dances, yet Grandmaster rises behind him like he's Keith Lee. Grandmaster misses the hip-hop drop, allowing the road dog to hit the pump handle slam without the bumming, and we go on from there. Back at the hotel, Mark and May check in and put up their Do Not Disturb sign. Giggity-giggity-goo! Next up, <laughs> we are just rolling right along, match after match after match. I kinda like this. We got the pimps. Pimps are us. Supply and demand. The Godfather and D'Lo Brown, the Nation of Domination, are riding again against Head Cheese. 
And speaking of restaurant quality, there's a line here, I think, by JR, where he says that there are restaurant quality ladies coming out to the ring here. Is this Soylent Green? Oh, seriously, are we in Soylent Green right now? Just yikes, man. Uh, backstage, Steve is being hypnotized into having charisma or something. But he learned how to absorb hypnosis at the motherfucking dojo, so it is not very effective. And then Steve takes the clock and put it in Al's mouth, and I could have clubbed my words there and said something else, but I will leave that to uh, to John Ritland for that one. Shout out if you're listening, by the way. The Godfather cuts a promo, his usual, you know, nationwide... Pimpin' ain't easy. Roll up a fatty for this pimp daddy. And that 16, nearly 16-year-old 16 kid did not know what roll up a fatty meant. Well, not quite. <laughs> Yet. He says to, to Steve Blackman, have some personalities as the ladies are just hounding Steve. I mean, look at him. Like, of course they did. The crowd's chanting for head cheese. Al Snow accidentally distracts Steve Blackman. He's doing something to the to the prostitutes out on, on the ring there. And D'Lo hits a sunset flip and Head Cheese loses their first tag team match. Oh no, there is dissension. Smell this. Meanwhile, at the SmackDown Hotel. I know I called it not the SmackDown Hotel, but there's going to be some SmackDown. <coughs> Anyways, uh, Mark and May get comfortable. And if you know, you know. Kurt Angle comes down to the ring here, the new European champion, who then begins talking about Europe. You know, things are really good there. The economy is up. Suicide is down. Tourism has risen 16.4%. I see that Kurt is also a student of Steiner Maths at Chase U. And then he says, in the USA, meanwhile, the stock market has crashed, the crime rate is way up, and towns like San Jose, where Ross taken place tonight, I forgot to mention that, falls into a deep depression. I mean... Sharks fans, yeah, I, I I get it. I'm sorry. And then everything, this, all this has happened since Chris Jericho won the IC title. I think it was a little bit before that, Kurt. Do you know how you, who your past few presidents were? Enough said. And, and Chris has the audacity to call himself the Ayatollah. Are you serious right now? He then trashes China for going on Lano the way she dressed. I mean, she was wearing an extremely revealing plastic outfit. And then Kurt, of course, leans into the three eyes. Chris Jericho comes up to the ring here and gives us our daily dose of wisdom. Here it is, your moment of Zen. As Confucius once said, if you don't have anything entertaining to say, don't say anything at all. Chris, you're thinking of Thumper, and it's if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. My old friend used to drill that into my head all the time. 
when I was saying stupid things. Kurt Angle challenges Chris Jericho for the IC title so that everyone can have a champion that they can be proud of. Despite the fact that Kurt Angle is already holding a title, he wants to become the belt collector and a young Kenny Omega is duly taking notes. Apparently then, China then comes down to the ring next Kurt Angle on, on the floor of the DDT. Right after Kurt makes a, no, Chris, I'm sorry, makes a special Olympics joke about uh, Kurt Angle's Olympic achievements. Not cool. Back at the hotel, Mae Young is in lingerie, and then the king hurls in his throne. Next up here, we have a match that we will see on pay-per-view at least twice in this calendar year, and that is The Rock versus Chris Benoit, accompanied by Eddie Guerrero. And, I mean, seeing these two come down to the ring here, being all chummy and buddy-buddy and friendly, you know what makes me really sad? You know, we tragically lost Eddie, and then Chris did what he did, and and just looking back on this in, in retrospect is just it's sad. It, it really is. They were really really close. We see a bunch of suplexes. Eddie trips Rocky. Hashtag we want Rocky. We see a bunch more uh, shenanigans. Someone uh, warn Officer Farva right now. We get an arm bar. Hold number one. Then the rock by, by Benoit and the rock fires back. Benoit with a really nice high angle suplex. A distraction and the cross face. We get Benoit chops. We get the rocks smackdown punches. A Samoan drop. A spine buster. The big show distracts the rock Benoit with a bridging Ju German suplex. And Chris Benoit has pinned the rock. This was a big, big coup for Chris at this point in time because, lest we forget, he was crowned the WCW champion pretty much the night before he quit the company as a make good, but it was too little too late. So we're giving Benoit some big, big wins here before he gets some big, big gold in the coming months. Cole, Michael Cole interviews the Big Show backstage, and he says that his beating down of The Rock was a work of art and a piece of what he's going to get at No Way Out. I'm going to WrestleMania, baby! Woo! Mark and Mae Young are in bed, and then they give each other gifts of chocolates and edible undergarments. How romantic. Next up here is Mr. Ass Billy Gunn versus Scotty Too Hottie. And Scotty upsets Billy with a roll up with his foot on the ropes in a very quick match here. We see some post-match more shenanigans and beatdowns and whatnot. And we move on to the next match. It is for the light heavyweight championship. The brand spanking new champion S.A. Rios, the artist formerly known as Poppy Chulo, and Agula, who contended for the light heavyweight title against Takamichi Noku at WrestleMania 14, going up against Crash 
Holly. This is the Raw debut of Ese Rios and Lita. On Sunday Night Heat, the night before this taping, Gilbert, who had reigned as light heavyweight champion since December 1998, issued an open challenge and out came Ese, who handily defeated him with a moonsault, followed by Lita's moonsault. And this is also the raw debut of Lita, WWE Hall of Famer, legend, multi-time tag, tag team and women's champion. Bob Holly is on commentary here, and he told Crash to go for the light heavyweight title. Uh, we see the hands the handsprings and flips by both of these guys because they know how to wrestle that cruiserweight style. Rios with a really nice crisp tornado DDT. He hits a Hern Conrana to the outside, and Lita hits her own Hern Conrana to the outside. We get a suplex. We get a moonsault. We then get a Lita salt after SA makes the cover for the win here, and Bob berates Crash for being beat by SA and also being beat down by a woman again. He calls him Elroy, which, of course, Crash takes exception to. Next up, Bob Holly's like, yeah, I'm going to show you how it's done. I'm going to show you how a real man handles his business as I try to take out Taz. Bob Holly hits the best dropkick in the business, and then Taz responds with one of the best suplexes in the business, that being a Northern Lights variant for in-year fall. EC dub chants are clear as day, raining down from the crowd. We get a Taz mission, and Crash immediately attacks Taz for the disqualification, and Bob continues to beat down his, his fighting cousin because Crash just cost, cost him that match. Backstage, Kevin Kelly is attempting to get a hold of The Rock, but is denied. The Rock just storms past him. So I guess The Rock is a cooking something up. Next up here, we have Rikichi going up against Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko in a handicap match. Tonight, Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Chef Boyardee. Mmm, beefy. WWF The Music Volume 4 and TGI Nick Scratchies. I mean, TGI Fridays. We get Simone drops. We get a double stink face. We get a Saturn super kick and a Dean wheel kick. They attempt to double superplex the big man Rikishi, but he double suplexes them instead. Rikishi hits the the sit-down pile driver on Dean, but oh boy, this looked really, really bad. Like this iteration of the Kishi driver, it looked a lot more like well, pile driver that that broke Steve Austin's neck. It looked a lot more like that. It looked ugly. But Dean fought on. He must have landed right, and they finished this match where Rikishi hits the Bailey to belly suplex. A double bonsai is attempted by the big man, but Eddie lays just begins laying pipe on Rikishi. 
And then Too Cool comes out to even the odds. And I think there's either a disqualification or there was a actual pinfall here by by the radicals. There's there's a lot of schmozzes in in this in this episode and this era in general, which is also ironic for the next match where Kane will take on Triple H and a mystery partner in a no DQ handicap match. And Triple H's partner is the big show. Eventually, The Rock comes out to even the odds. X-Pac and Cactus Jack also get involved. The Rock with a chair. Kane with a chokeslam. We get a big old schmoz. A people's elbow and a trip and a beat down here. Cactus Jack comes out with a wrench and tries to take everyone out. And Cactus Jack and the baby faces stand tall to end this wild and wacky and romantic episode of monday night raw uh yeah that's a pretty much pretty much it for today it was a very fast episode of raw despite the fact it took me about three different sessions to sit down and watch uh next week i got no way out hell in the cell cactus jack versus triple h dudley boys versus the outlaws for the tag titles kurt angle versus chris jericho for the ic title and so much more with my special guest cute kyle from the apron bump podcast so until then folks you can follow me on all social media platforms at fretzelmania f-r-e-p-z-l-e mania this podcast is of course on wrestle addict radio say it with me kids the cure for the common wrestling podcast also featuring the kings of the rings podcast streaming every ish wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern standard time king ricky rose our esteemed general manager and willie t and agent k murphy whenever they'll they are available life happens they have a lot of other things going on so keep keep on the lookout for them and me if i happen to be on on call for the KOTR podcast. Also, we got Nate, the effing greats, Grace for Impact, going through retro and modern PNA wrestling. And just this past weekend, he is back and better than ever, Mr. YLP, the Young Lions Perspective. Nate has returned last week to podcasting, to Wrestle Attic Radio, and it's time to kick off your weekends in proper YLP fashion. We're all back, folks. It's going to be a good ride on the road to WrestleMania. So until then, TTFN, ta-ta for now, and keep your stick on the ice. Go Chiefs. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.